Hello everybody, it is the time of year to begin registering for one or two of my slow groups that begin in July. My slow groups are these special groups where I focus on one topic and we deeply unpack it over the course of six months. So these are highly nuanced, deep dive, advanced groups. These are excellent for those of you who have taken my six week course or who just want to focus on one particular topic through a somatic and trauma-informed lens. The two that are opening up in July, or will begin in July, are my embodied parenting group and my embodied nutrition group. The embodied parenting group is just like it sounds, learning how to parent from your body, learning how to ground yourself in your parenting so you're not parenting from a reactive triggered place, but from a much more conscious place so you can actually find joy in your parenting instead of it being a total hellscape, like some of you have told me it is, and I've experienced it myself. The other group is an embodied nutrition group. This has been requested for years. For the past four years after students complete my course, they say, can you please do a course on nutrition and make it longer than six weeks? So finally, I can say, yes, you can, and I can, and I did. It is a six-month unpacking of the intersection between trauma nutrition, and somatics. How do we recover from stress and trauma via food? How do we relate to food as a being and not just some object on the plate? What's the biochemistry of food? Why is it not the best for my blood sugar to have toast, but lentils are just fine if they're both carbohydrates? All of this and more will be unpacked in this six-month group. To register for these groups, please go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, and click Groups or you can click the link in the episode details below. Registration closes on June 1st. It is only open through May because we need the month of June to prepare everybody for July. I'm looking forward to this deep dive with you all. I'll see you there. On today's episode, we navigate the freeze response and understand how doing nothing is actually quite sophisticated. Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast. I am your host, Luis Mujica. I was sick and depressed until I discovered that I could make music, and then my whole life transformed because I began learning how to listen more deeply. Listen to life, to the people around me, and to my body. And that's when I realized that the body speaks through sensations, and learning this new language meant relearning my body and mind. I soon healed myself of many chronic conditions and then began teaching others how to do so as well. Holistic Life Navigation combines nutrition, self-inquiry, and somatic experiencing to help you release stress and trauma just by listening to your own body. This podcast serves as a place to share my experiences as well as the experiences of many others who have healed and are healing through unique, unorthodox, and unusual ways. Your time to learn begins now. If you haven't listened to episode 82, just rewind and take a listen to it, because this will make a lot more sense. Freeze response is one of the four F's of trauma response. It's one of the four options our bodies have when it comes to surviving a threatening experience, even a near-death one. With freeze response, the body has decided that fighting or flighting aren't options. 
This literally means that the body, in a nanosecond, has assessed that fighting the threat or running from the threat could result in losing our lives or being harmed. So it uses its energy to shut down any of our defenses that would be expressed outwardly. Screaming, yelling, hitting, spitting, moving our limbs, all of this involuntarily gets shut down. Again, it's reflexive, meaning we don't control or choose that. Our bodies do. This shutdown is the primitive playing dead that we see amongst animal species. When the prey, let's say the possum, is playing dead, the predator begins to relax its body. The predator, let's say a coyote, stops making as much adrenaline because there's no more fight. Essentially, the coyote believes they won. Meanwhile, the possum's body is waiting for the coyote to drop its defenses, to look the other way, catch its breath after running, or even fall asleep. Once the possum's body senses the predator's rest has kicked in, it then reverses the seemingly immobility of freeze, which is constricting inwards, essentially. So it's still some mobility, but it's just going inside versus outside. All that adrenaline and constriction becomes like a tightly packed cannon. Boom. Its body mobilizes and takes off. So in this case, the body freezes until it feels safe enough to fight or flee. Now, in our case, we know maybe by now, maybe not, trauma for us is also, also includes perceived threat. So life doesn't have to be threatened. It doesn't have to be a near-death experience. There could be a perception or a reminder of death or threat, and that can turn on a trauma response. So unlike animals in nature that we look at that seemingly tend to have trauma response only when threat occurs, ours can turn on even with the reminder of threat. And those of you who have been following me for a while know that somatic work means the body remembers, not the mind. So I can smell a candle that I smelled when I was experiencing a threatening situation. And that candle has now reminded my body of threat. So my mind is fine. I'm having dinner with friends. There's nothing going on. Life is seemingly good. Yet my body's remembering a threatening experience and it may turn on a freeze response. So when we have freeze response as, as human beings, we tend to not be able to get things done. We tend to seemingly procrastinate. We tend to sleep extra, not be able to get out of bed sometimes. Depression is an expression of chronic freeze response. Not being able to speak up when you really have something you want to say, or someone says something to you that's really shocking, and it literally immobilizes you. You can't even move your body. These are all the ways freeze can express itself as human beings. And because we're not embodied usually, and we're not aware that we're in freeze response, we never do the second part, like the way the possum used all that constriction from playing dead to then leap into action and run and burn off that adrenaline and mobilize and complete the trauma response. We just stay frozen. We live from one frozen moment to the other. And when freeze response was our body's chosen expression through development, it also means that that's what our body is used to. We're used to being in a state of freeze. We may even identify with it as who we are. I'm lazy. I'm slow. I procrastinate. I can't get anything done. Those expressions are true. Those observations may be true, but they're not your identity. 
It's something your body's doing. So the first step is really learning how to feel for your freeze response. Noticing when we think about trauma and we think about threat and we think about the charge that essentially pushes us into fight or flight, that same charge also pushes us into freeze. So if I see someone in the store that I've been avoiding and I feel that rush come up my body, for some of us, that rush will propel us really quick out the door. Or it might propel us into rage and frustration. We might even confront them. Or for someone whose body freezes, that rush, that charge will propel us inwards. We'll literally get stuck in place. We might not be able to move. That might turn into dissociation. Because when lots of charge builds up without mobility, without movement, it becomes so overwhelming in the body that the mind has to take a break from the physical experience. So we stop feeling the overwhelm of it. So freeze and dissociation very, very, very much are related. Hey, my friends, I want to take a break from the episode to remind you that my next six-week course begins on Monday, May 2nd. Registration for this course opens on April 5th. That same day, I'll be hosting a live webinar with replays that explains how the course works, shows you what it looks like, and answers any of your questions live. Any of you that really want to get into this course, go to my website right now, holisticlifenavigation.com, and click on the course at the top, and then click join waitlist. This guarantees you a spot because you'll receive an email one week before registration opens, inviting you to early register. So then you get in before it sells out. This course is my favorite thing right now because we're joined by a global group of people, first of all, who are coming together around the same piece, wanting to release their stress and trauma through listening to their body. So a bunch of body listeners get to sit together live for six weeks. And through the six weeks, you have ongoing support with a private online community space we've created and from me and my team to answer your questions, help you with any technical issues, and emotionally guide and support you throughout the six weeks. For more information on the course, visit holisticlifenavigation.com. Now let's get back to the episode. So if I see this person in the store and I don't notice that I'm freezing, I just, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. If I take away I'm stuck and I bring in the, the sentence or statement, something in me is frozen. Something in me doesn't want to move. By saying that instead of I'm frozen, I have disidentified with the state. And instead, I've become the witness. I'm witnessing the freeze inside my body. I'm noticing a part of me doesn't want to move. And by doing that, the part of me who's noticing then becomes the guide to the part that's frozen. Oh, legs, you really don't want to move. I get it. You're really afraid if you move, this person might see you. You're afraid if you move, something bad's going to happen. It's okay. Just by witnessing the part that freezes and speaking to it in your mind, not even out loud, or out loud if you prefer, you'll notice something happens. You might notice the legs in this example start to get sensation back. You might notice something in your belly starts to relax. You might find you have more breath. These signs of something relaxing, something starting to move, more breath, those are the early signs of coming out of freeze. That means your body is slowly coming back to you and you're coming back to your body. You're inhabiting a body 
that was cut off from you and frozen. And that's the beginning of mobilizing. I've worked with many clients in freeze, and the best work we've done is when they can just remember, I'm allowed to move my thumbs. I'm allowed to move my tongue around my mouth. I'm allowed to move my breath deeper into my belly. Movement someone wouldn't necessarily see, but you're in touch with, then puts you in touch with a part of yourself that feels safe to move. And when a part of you feels safe enough to move, that tells the other parts, there's actually no threat here, I'm okay. Now this is an example for a trigger. What about a real-time threat? If you are in the subway and someone jumps on the subway and starts screaming, they might even have a weapon or they might be aggressive. Your body is probably going to go into freeze depending on how your body responds to these things. And it's supposed to. It's freezing to not stand out to the aggressor. It wants to become invisible. So there's a sophistication to its desire not to move. And guess what? When that person gets off the train or the situation is over, even if you've been injured and you survived and it's over, that very sacred place of it's over, that's when movement has to come in. That's when we take a breath and we look left and right around the room. We take in the new environment that the aggressor isn't in and we see what that feels like in our bodies. We notice what parts of me are holding charge and how does my body want to move that charge? And in this moment, we actually, in, in some sense, pay off the debt of that charge that got pushed down during the freeze as it's supposed to. So honoring and releasing and healing a situation that, that creates freeze means noticing what parts of me wanted to move but didn't, and then letting them move, letting them see that now they're safe. One of the most powerful resources we have for thawing, mobilizing out of freeze, is reorienting. Literally taking in your surroundings and noticing what parts of your body feel the safety of your new surroundings. So let's try an exercise together. If you're in the car, wait till you pull over or pause it and do it later. Just start by literally taking in your surroundings. Turn your head, especially let your head look over behind your shoulders. It's important for the animal body to look behind it and see, oh, there's nothing behind me. I'm safe. And notice what parts of your body feel that as you twist your spine and look behind you and above you and around you. What parts of your body start to feel a softening? What parts of your body start to actually attune to the current reality that you're safe? Just notice that for a moment. This is a really big yet simple practice of mobilizing out of freeze or beginning the thaw. Remember, when we're stuck in freeze, the body is stuck in the belief that if it moves or if it expresses, something bad's going to happen. So to actually slowly start moving around the room now and looking, maybe slowly walking around the space, slowly putting your arms out, stretching them, stretching your legs, stretching your neck and shoulders, if that feels okay, 
And again, noticing what parts of my body are okay with this. There are going to be parts that immediately settle, parts that begin to have sensation return to them, and there are going to be parts that maybe get activated, that feel uncomfortable doing this, parts that feel numb. So we're looking for all the parts. We're not looking for a global, total body transformation. We're just noticing what parts of my body have the capacity to take in this room and feel safe in it. And from there, we start creating a space in us to let that charge that was stored for so long from being in chronic freeze. That space allows that charge to move and expand and let go a little bit. So again, if you're someone who identifies with being in chronic freeze or easily automatically your body turns into or responds to situations in a, in a manner of freezing. First step is always identifying it. If you're able to witness your freeze response, it means you're not inside of it anymore. You're outside of it. So you've learned through the practice, it's happening to my body, okay? And my conscious energy, the part of me that witnesses my sensations, it's not happening to that part. That's a really beautiful beginning. Then from that witnessing, that role of the witnesser gets to guide and coach and relate to the parts that are freezing. Whoa, my legs don't want to move. Hey, toes, do you want to move a little bit? And you might wiggle your toe while you're standing there. And you might notice as you wiggle your toes, oh, my legs start to feel a little more space. Ah, now my heels are moving. Now my calves are moving. Now I can stretch out my legs. Now I can walk. These are the little breaks, a few minutes at a time that we take when we notice we're going into freeze. So first step is noticing the freeze so you can relate to it. Second step is giving permission to move, whether it's really tiny movements of the fingers, toes, tongue, nose, breath, or whether you realize, oh, I can stretch my arms out whatever your capacity is for movement. And then the third step is to look around the room, really reorient to how safe you are. Whether the freeze was in response to a threat, now the threat's over, or the freeze was something that was triggered and there was no threat and you realize that, or the freeze was just your state that your body's used to being in, okay? These three simple steps of witnessing and relating giving permission for a part to move from that awareness of relation and witness, and then reorienting to the current state of safety. Those three simple steps will help you start mobilizing through your freeze. It will help you start to thaw that freeze. It will help you start to relate to your freeze. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. My question for you is, where do you feel the episode? Take a breath and just notice what's your body doing right now. Sit with it. Let it speak to you and let whatever comes up, come up. And your only job is to listen for all the wisdom you need is right inside of you. To learn more about my work, you can visit holisticlifenavigation.com and sign up for my mailing list. You'll receive a bi-weekly newsletter with specific monthly topics, free resources, 
and upcoming events. You can also follow me on Instagram. If you like my podcast, please leave a review and share. Did you know your food cravings are actually a doorway to your subconscious? They are. We tend to see cravings as something bad or something we just give in to mindlessly. But when you embody your cravings, you're able to notice they're just blossoming from a certain place that has a certain need and needs your attention. Join me on Wednesday, May 29th, as I unpack this in a new webinar called Cravings Destigmatized. In this webinar, I'll help you learn the difference between a nutritional craving and an emotional craving, as well as how do we use cravings to get in touch with our unmet needs and any of our unconscious, unprocessed emotional experiences. It begins at 4 p.m. Eastern, and everyone who registers will get a replay. You can find the link in the episode details, and you can also go to www.holisticlifenavigation.com and click on events, and the information is right there. Hope to see you there.